This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey, everybody. Welcome back the latest edition of the On the Bench interview series. We're going one-on-one with, I believe his new name is the King of the Bayou, and that would be Florida State defensive end Jared Verse. Jared, I don't know when they're sending the key to the city to you, but I believe that you now own the entire city of New Orleans. So how does that feel? Uh, you know, it's an amazing feeling. You know, as a team, we all work to get it. Not to share the key. That's right, man. We can pass it around like the Stanley Cup. So I want to I want to get right to it, man. It was, it was an electric night on Sunday evening. Emotions were high. You guys got the job done. You had a great effort. We'll get to your individual effort here in a little bit. But I think one of the things that really resonated with fans was your specific quote after the game. People were asking you just kind of the general mood of the team. And you had a great quote, man. You said essentially, hey, just to boil it down to as simple as possible, Florida State's back. So do you – what is Florida State back to, in your opinion, and why do you think that moment was the right one to kind of declare it as such? Uh, well, to start off, the reason I feel like that was a good moment to declare it was more so a lot of people has like as underdogs in that. The only people that really had us picked was the people in this facility, right? The, players, the coaches, people that are involved with the team. We were the only people that really were like, oh yeah, we're gonna go in there and win. A lot of people has losing by like 14, 20, whatever, however much. But for me, Florida State's back doesn't mean like we back to the old days where it's going to be championships mm-hmm. on top of championships all the time. Like we want it to be, but, you know, we still got to work our way up to it. We got a long season ahead of us. We can't declare that now. For me, it meant more that we deserve our respect. You know, people shouldn't be disrespecting us going like, oh, yeah, they're going to go this. this that's the only games they're going to win. They're not going to win another one. I feel like we deserve our respect. That's what I meant by when I said Florida State's back. We deserve our respect. So I feel like we, we still got to earn it, but I was just kind of putting on notice. Give us our respect. I like it, man. You guys took it. You went to Louisiana. Like you said, a lot of people had you guys counted out, but I agree. I think you grabbed that respect and you took it with authority. What a, just what a unique environment, man. Can you describe that environment? Um, second game with Florida State at the FBS level, uh, the Superdome, tens of thousands of fans, crazy environment. Can you just describe the environment of what it was like maybe the days before while you were playing the game? And kind of describe that level of competition that you face. You face a really talented freshman tackle and Will Campbell at LSU and some other guys that you rotated against. And uh, I'll, be, I'll say it because I know you won't. You're a humble guy. You handled them very well. So just describe all the – just everything surrounding the game and the game itself. You know, I knew it was going to be a big game. I knew a lot of people were going to be there. But it didn't hit me, the magnitude of the situation, until we actually got there. You know, we flew in. 
we got to the we drove to the hotel and right when we walked in fans on top of fans were lined up <laughs> inside the hotel gated there was security i'm like whoa this is that for the state is like i ain't know it was like this like what you think? like i'm not used to that so we walk in i it like didn't hit me fans were downstairs waiting for us at all times like we walk downstairs fans are just gonna start cheering at any moment then like the game of the day, like the day of the game, I'm like, all right, maybe they just all gonna meet us at the stadium. We leaving, they're all doing like the uh oh, what's it called? They're chopping, they're war chopping yeah, down they're the bourbon street. Like, they're doing the choppers, we're walking down the stairs, like everybody's loud. I'm like, oh, like we got a little suits on there. I'm like, wow, it's about to be an environment. And then we went <laughs> we go there, we warm up at the stadium, and then we leave the tunnel. Fire is over there, they're doing the chop in the stands, yelling and screaming. I'm like, this survive like this is say like stands are packed standing room only i'm i'm like shocked <laughs> yeah what 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 about the game itself was there anything during the flow of the game that surprised you i know you said you guys had a really good quote about the 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 blocked field goal that you had in addition to the two sacks and the i don't know i've never seen that much pressure in a long time but i know you said that you, know, you were surprised that they almost left you unblocked on that field goal play was what anything else that stood out or surprised you about the LSU team that you guys faced, a very physical LSU team that you guys faced in New Orleans? Uh, not really, not, nothing to really surprised me. I knew they were talented coming out the gate. You know, when we faced them, they were just as talented as I thought they were going to be. You know, the freshman Will, he was very talented. He had a quick mm-hmm. step, get all his hands were good. Like he was, I give him a lot of credit to where like he's going to be. Like right now, he's good. He's going to be amazing. Like it's going to be a whole new kid soon. But both of their tackles were really good. The right tackle, he kept giving me, I ain't gonna lie, he gave me a little bit of work every now and then. You know? <laughs> pretty quick. He got me a couple of times. I'm like, oh, all right. Like, they, they were a very talented team. And it was across the board. Their defensive line was really good. Their corners were pretty good. Like, their quarterback is, dude's very good. Like, he just, like. Big time athlete, man. That, that was a lot. You, you were running stride for stride on with a lot of those plays. You got some speed, my friend. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I've always I've always wondered too because you had a really great game we mentioned the stats before and we I think everybody that knew when you came up from Albany that the athleticism would transfer something that's been really positive for me is the amount of power that you developed it's not just all a speed rush man you got a lot of diverse array of power moves and I've never had the chance to sit down with an elite pass rusher like yourself so I'm always wondering as far as um as far as the the selection of what you're going to do on a pass play, whether it's a power move, whether it's a speed move, maybe it's a spin. How do you decide that? Is that something you decide before the play? Do you decide what move you're going to do based off film review and tendencies? Does Coach JP pick, or do you just kind of play it out as the play goes? I, I don't really know, so I'm interested in that. During the week, I'll like I'll watch who I'm going to go up against both the tackles, and I'll kind of make a move, like decision on what I'm going to do against both of them. Okay. Against this guy, I might do a power move. Against this guy, I might do a speed move. This guy will get a long run. This guy will get an up and under. This guy will get a whatever. And then, but nothing ever goes according to plan. So once I line up across across them, they might be a completely different person. They might look slow on tape, but be a lot faster in person. So I just kind of adapt to how they move, like as the game goes on. So like the first quarter, I kind of like feeling them out, Mm -hmm. figure out what was going to work against them. And the rest of the game, I'm just doing whatever I feel, what feels right. Do you talk to Coach Papuchis about that on the sideline, about the kind of looks that you guys are seeing and just how to adapt, or is that completely like an autonomous decision that you make on your own? If I'm feeling comfortable with my decision, I'll, I'll uh, ask Coach JP how he feels about it, and if he agrees, you know, I'll do what I have to do. If 
I'm not feeling comfortable with it, I'll come right up to him and I'll be like, hey, coach, I don't know what to do. What do you think I should do? And he'll give me a good suggestion. I love that. Now, there was a lot made about you going up from the FCS to the FBS level. I mean, you're a kid. I think you, you played high school in Pennsylvania, right? Yes, sir. So, big change for you, going from FCS to FBS. You're going to a traditional powerhouse like Florida State. You're moving across the country. I mean, you're playing school at Albany. What was what was the, the, the biggest differences, the hardest things to adjust to you moving up a level? and Or was it just exactly what you expected? Anything that surprised you so far? Uh, honestly, the thing that got caught me the most off guard was the heat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not even close to this hot. <laughs> uh, and there's no breeze in Tallahassee either, man. I went to school there. It, it's just, it kind of like sticks over you, right? It's just purely hot. Like, it's just hot. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's one thing that caught me off guard. But honestly, it was, a, it was a magnitude of things. Like, I was used to being like the most athletic person across the field, you know, mm-hmm. everywhere. But then you come here, all the wide receivers are extremely fast the other defensive ends can run like they're fast they're strong you got Briggs who's super strong for some reason <laughs> Secret no reason at all. like you got Coop I've never met a football player as strong as Coop yeah you got all these dudes that are just strong and fast I'm used to being the strongest and fast it was just like wow this is like an FBS school really is I had to like adapt and kind of level up the my way of playing absolutely I, I have a question too I mean you're once again, humble guy. You're a great athlete yourself. What was your background in, like, high school football, man? I, I have no idea how a kid like you slipped through the cracks and ended up at a really good program at Albany at the FCS level. Like, you, you're you power five talent all the way, my friend. What happened there? Position change, growth spurt, just big weight, weight gain? It was just uh, out of high school, I was just small. Like, I was about 200 200- – to 200, 210 pounds, like, fluctuating between that 10 pounds. No like, way. No way. I was just, like, fluctuating. Like, everything was, like, I was fast. I was strong. But, like, my body wasn't really there. So, a lot of coaches didn't see what I could do. I kind of had no doubt myself. I kind of was like, all right, I'm going to still do what I'm going to have to do. Like, I'm still going to reach the level of play I know I can reach. I'm still going to play at the highest level. Right. So, I just went to Albany. Coach, Coaches helped me get stronger. Coach Barber helped me get a lot stronger. He helped me get faster. He helped me get quicker. He fixed some of my techniques. And I went into COVID. I got a lot stronger, a lot faster. And I but like my technique was like raw. And I went back to Albany, kind of cleaned up technique a little bit, did what right. I did, and I just transferred. That when you say you went back to Albany, got super strong, was that something you did on your own during COVID? I mean, there wasn't a, very much contact at all with coaches and players at that time. Was that just all just self-motivated work? Yeah, you know, we like we, there was nothing really to do, you know, when you were going to go back. So we didn't talk to our coaches that much. Like they check up on us a lot, but we didn't uh-huh. talk to them, like, every day type thing. So my dad went and actually bought some weights. So we lifted, I, I was lifting probably two, three times a day, just trying to get as strong as possible. It worked, man. He could <laughs> tell it on film. It worked. Um, what are the biggest effects? Obviously, now you are at the FBS level, you are at a Florida State. The facilities are there, the players are there, but the coaches are also there. What's the biggest effect that guys like Coach John Papuchis, Odell Hagens, Adam Fuller, heck, even Josh Storms, the strength and conditioning coach, what are the biggest effects, like noticeable effects, that those guys have had on your game at your time at Florida State? Oh, honestly, it, I can go on about this one all day. Go I, ahead, man. I got well, time. To even start it, I've never felt this confident in my abilities because of awesome. what the coach has done for me. Like, I came here, I was already very strong, I was already fast. I didn't know how much faster and stronger I could get just by fixing technique. 
Coach, Coach Storms helped me get stronger and faster, but he just fixed my technique, fixed my get off, fixed this, fixed that. Coach JP and Coach Odell fixed my technique beyond I can even explain. Like, okay. You know, I'm not taking as big of false steps as I am. I'm still taking them, so I still got to work on it, but I'm fixing up the little things. It's all about the little things that count. You know, and I feel like I'm becoming more of a technician. Before, I was just like a raw athlete, like, oh, yeah, he's right. doing this, but, like, he still needs to be chiseled away to figure out what, you know, he really can do. Coach Odell and Coach JP have started chiseling and starting to make me a very confident in my abilities, at least. It's all about getting polished, man. Like you said, with all that, with all that kind of like fast switch muscle fiber you got, man, just reducing the wasted movement is obviously huge. We're, we're talking about your performance on defense from the LSU game, and it was by all accounts your ACC Player of the Week. You've gotten a lot of buzz, so that's that's its own thing to deal with in and of itself. Have you gotten a chance to diagnose your own performance yet on film? Did you set like in your own opinion, like what were your strengths? What are some areas do you, if you, that you need to clean up, if any, if you've gotten a chance to watch it? I, I've had a chance to watch. I watched it a couple times, and I feel okay. like I did. I, I have a lot of things I need to clean up from that game. Okay, and, you know, finishing a couple. I left a lot of plays on the field. Like I said, for the whole team, we left a lot of plays on the field that I didn't get to. At least me personally, I didn't get to pick up. And there was a couple chances I had to get back there, get a couple more sacks. I didn't take advantage of it. There was a couple of times I could have closed some gaps, you know, shut them da- down in the backfield, didn't get take advantage of it. So it was just the little things that I didn't get to take advantage of that I kind of realized, all right, I'm going to fix this next week. Next time we play, it's not going to happen again. So just a couple of things I realized I got to fix. Not too many. Just I, I would say just a couple, but the fact that you're aware of them, like that, it was a really great performance, Jared. Just how big do you think? I mean, you, you, we, we started off the interview talking about it. But just how big was that game for the program? How long have you guys had this LSU game, you know, circled on the team calendar or even your personal calendar? Like, what is this going to do? You know, going into the uh, even fall camp, a lot of people were talking about the LSU game, but that didn't bring like take away sight from us playing Duquesne. That okay. After this game, you can't ever overlook any team because that team will take advantage of you and will come out there and shock you. So we focused on – I focused – me personally, at least, I focused on Duquesne all the way until – that final whistle blew, and then I went home and I watched LSU film. I started watching their spring game, what they could do, who their players were, figuring out things about them. But they were like, it meant a lot to at least I feel like the whole whole nation. Sure, it's kind of, really, it's kind of like our coming out game for the for the year. Like I was our first, you know, big time opponent. You know, someone in the SEC, someone that's you know in recent years been very good. You know, us kind of beating them was kind of a way of us saying, all right, we can do this. We're back to playing at a high elite level. We're going to show you all what else we can do. That's not even – I don't think that's going to be our biggest staple win of the year. Me personally, I feel like we still got a lot more to go. But that was just a good start. Absolutely. Man, you watch film. You diagnose everything. Did you have any fun after the win? What would you do to celebrate, my man? Anything good? Man, got on the plane and went home and took a nap. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, nobody deserved rest more than you. Well, <laughs> you're talking about the rest of the season. We talked about where we were going from here. Does the team itself have any like explicit goals? Do you have any personal goals that you're looking to fulfill in these next 10 games of the year? My personal goal is just to play with my max intensity. My okay. I can perform at, you know, until my body, you know, I can play, I can let my body loose. I just want to let my body loose and play at my highest level. I feel like if I do that, other people will do that. I feel like if we all do that, we'll reach the goals we have planned. Okay. I like that. So Jared, before I let you go, 
Is there anything else that you want to say to Seminole Nation? I guess also, can you tell me how the response was after that game? I know I was personally, I was euphoric, man. I can't imagine the positive response that you get from a place like social media or just like, what's the response been? And is there anything specific that you want to say to the Knoll fans after that huge win in New Orleans? Honestly, the one thing I want to say is thanks for having me. You know, we still got a long way to go. We still got a long season to go, a lot more wins to take on. We're going to celebrate a lot more, but thanks for having me. I'm, ha- I'm so happy to be a Noel. Jared, thank you for having us because we are extremely happy that you're a Noel, man. I had an absolute blast talking with you. Uh, I would love to speak with you again, but I know you got to get back to work, study film, clean up technique, all that good stuff, man. Just thank you so much for your time and uh, great job on Sunday, man. Great job. Thank you, thank you so much. No problem. That was Jared Verse, ladies and gentlemen. This was another episode of the On the Bench one-on-one series. If there's anybody else that you want us to talk to, going to be tough to top Mr. Verse right there. My man is good and charismatic. Just let us know. Open ears, open eyes. Go Knowles. Keep chopping. Love you guys. Producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.